Kelly starts with the national parks. This is mainly centered around knowledge of plants, the terrain, and animals. In animals, it's then split into your animal behavior, tracking, and just general or basic survival skills. After a certain point, after lectures, you are literally put into a real-life survivor-type situation where you're dropped off in the bush with the most basic of supplies. And from what you were taught in the classroom, you're then meant to figure it out. It's almost like being thrown in the deep end in a not-so-nice way. It's tough. It's rough. But you know, over the course of time, I have come to appreciate and believe that it is by far the best and most effective method of training guys or game rangers. We were taken into Matusadona, which is in the northwest of Zimbabwe. This is an area where you are at the mercy of anything and everything dangerous in the African savannah. It was our first time out. We didn't quite know that we had rangers on our tail just to look, look out for us you know, and watch our back. And that's how the level of inexperience we had because we didn't even detect them. You know, we set up camp first night and obviously amongst ourselves spoke about night watch duty, you know, split and the three that were going to be on night watch were on duty. It was my first time to hear a lion roaring. I'll say one thing. You don't hear a lion roaring. You feel it. It turns your tummy in so many ways. It was the most chilling experience of my life. I put on a brave face, yes, but those roars woke everybody up. And how people didn't scream all night is still a mystery. But the following morning, you know, the group the group size shrunk, and only four of us were left. You know, the rest said they couldn't do it, and walked out on training. From there, my second experience was with hippo. Hippo are responsible for more human fatalities on the African continent than all the other big animals, lions, snakes, scorpions, all that put together does not do as much damage to human beings as hippo do. We were canoeing and, you know, again, lack of proper experience put us in a place where we had to stop because there was a hippo pod ahead of us. And then everything you see on video or hear about hippo starts playing with your mind. Not very comfortable, but it's practical experience like that that is the only way to teach a tour guide how to keep calm. Because when you're out in the wild, your failure to keep calm could make the difference between life and death. It's the same when you 
they encounter lions. Lions are not built to defend themselves. Their defense mechanisms are very weak. And that's why you find from our older uh, African society, you'd find the elder hunters dealing kills from lions. There are a few videos on YouTube where hunters would walk straight onto a lion kill, ready to kill and walk away. Very chilling experience. We obviously didn't do that. But again, it's all about understanding animal behavior. And that always makes the difference between life and death. We went through intense training where you are taught just by looking at the ground to know what's there that might do you harm, you know, how to find the water sources. And it is during that exercise that we then sort of discovered that, hold on, something fishy was happening in Machosadona. And our trainers then said, well, we were behind you guys, <laughs> watching you all the time, every day on the lookout for you. But inexperience you know, put us in a position where we didn't even pick it up. And that tracking experience comes in handy. Say when you're doing a walk in an area where there are leopards, you'll be surprised that you could go out looking for a leopard. But in essence, that leopard is right behind you and watching your every movement. So knowledge of little things like that equips a tour guide to be able to know and detect little things in and around, like the way grass is broken, you know, how or at what stage of the stem of the stalk the grass is broken, whether it's high up or low down, and just looking for droppings, animal droppings, identifying things like that, you know, you can easily tell where danger lies or not. I believe in what you call roughing it or basic travel. So I love tents purely because in so many places along the route on this camping tour in Africa, you are in places where you're woken up by the singing of birds. I know tents freak a lot of people out, and a lot of people get freaked out by bugs. You know, there are bugs for days. But that takes away so much if you decide to sleep in a hotel room as opposed to being in a tent because you are woken up by chirping birds. It's the most magical sound in the world. It's it's priceless. It's something that could have you crying every day for two months because it's so beautiful. It's almost like the conductor there telling the birds, okay, let's get more melodious. Let's make it sweeter. People are bothered by bugs. Bugs in this part of the world are attracted by light. So that uh, is insignificant. There's nothing that will grab you and eat you out there. And talking about the trip itself, it's part of what is called the best of Africa. It's a 55 to 58-day trip that could either start in Cape Town and run through the west coast of South Africa into Namibia. It will go east into Botswana then northeast into Zimbabwe, then right across the length of Zambia, 
which is in the northeasterly direction, to Malawi. Carries on in the north-northeast direction to Tanzania. Then three days are spent on Zanzibar Island. Back onto the Tanzania mainland, into the Serengeti, then up into Kenya, then west into Uganda. To, you know, that offers people the chance to go trekking with mountain gorillas before coming back to finish in Nairobi, Kenya. I always recommend that the trip is done in reverse and people start in Nairobi, Kenya and work their way south towards Cape Town because it gets smoother as you come down, the infrastructure is better. So Cape Town, in my opinion, is Africa light. It's a very watered-down version of Africa. When you go up into East Africa, you know, infrastructure is not as pronounced or as well-built as Cape Town and South Africa is. And it's a better, more authentic feel of Africa, minus all the major developments. Open-mindedness is a big thing on these tours. You've got to go in with a willingness to try eating something that you probably haven't. I always use Mopani worms as a perfect example, and it's something that people could Google. Very nutritious, but just the sight of them will freak you out. You know, it's a delicacy in this part of the world. People absolutely love Mopani worms. You know, they are very healthy. And it is a perfect example of how adapting to one's surrounding makes the difference in terms of survival or failure of a community or society to make it. From there, the chance to walk in the forest and bump into mountain gorillas, it's a life-changing experience, like a lot of other things in Africa. From there, Kenya and Nairobi is also very interesting. It's a big city by African standards. And then there's the Masai Mara National Park, one of the best, one of many really good game-viewing experience options in Africa. From there, there's the Serengeti, which is in Tanzania. Again, it's all about the animals. Very good chance to see animals. One thing I must highlight that I really appreciate and love about these tours is you're not walking into a zoo. Nothing is stage-managed. There's no baiting of animals. You literally go in, and based on your guide's knowledge of the areas, go looking for animals. From the Serengeti, there's Zanzibar, which has a very interesting history. I know a lot of people when they hear the slave trade would relate to the North Atlantic slave trade. But Zanzibar has always been a very integral part of the slavery story in Africa. Besides the slavery story, it is a traditional trading post. So when you visit a place like Stone Town and go to the spice market, for example, the aromas there are absolutely amazing. The eastern influence on Zanzibar is something that cannot be ignored. It's absolutely, it's a 
into Zanzibar, into Malawi, you get into a country that's dominated by one major feature, which is Lake Malawi, which is on the bottom end of the Great Lakes region. From there into Zambia, you then get a feel of true African cultural and ethnic diversity because Zambia is home to no less than 42 distinct ethnic groups and home to the South Luangwa National Park, which offers stark contrast during rainy season and during the dry season. From there, you carry on down to the Victoria Falls, which is the largest single curtain falling water in the world. And what I prefer to refer to as the adventure capital of Africa, the world's best, no doubt, the world's best whitewater rafting experience is in the Victoria Falls. Besides that, there is a pretty scary bungee jump that you can do or skydive. And then there are beautiful sunset cruises, gorge swings, zip lines. From there, we look at the Okavango Delta. This is what was part of a historic lake or lakes region, surrounded by the Kalahari Desert. The game viewing experiences there are stunning. You get shocking amounts of elephants moving from one place to the next at any given time. You could sit there and count so you cannot count anymore. And to have the delta surrounded by the desert as well is a very strange phenomenon, but testimony of the fact that the terrain was different in the bygone era. From there, moving into Namibia and Etosha National Park, the Namibia that is the oldest in the world. There's a very interesting history with the Germans and colonialization in Namibia. Moving down, you then find the Fish River Canyon, which is the second largest in the world. And then your landscape differs as you creep into Cape Town. Then modernization hits you. So you get a full stock contrast of basic Africa, which is up north, and developed Africa, which is further south. On the trip, um, it's usually done with three crew, so two drivers and a chef, or a driver, a chef, and a camp assistant. Cooking is done mainly with the truck, but at certain specific stops, it is encouraged that people go to restaurants and try out local cuisine. 